Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and it's good to be back. Apologies for the delay in getting a new episode out. It has been a while, but we're working with new schedules, so trying to find a time to sit down together and record an episode of the podcast has been a little difficult, but we're doing it this week, and we've got a good one for you because it has been so long since we put out an episode. A lot has happened. We had to lock out ourselves. We had to experience it just to get through, you know, give you better content. And now we get to experience the end of our lockout and the end of Major League Baseball's lockout because baseball is back in the time since we put out our last episode. The lockout ended. Major League Baseball has gotten its stuff together. Teams are at spring training. Opening day is set for April 8th. We have a 162 game season on the schedule. We have free agents signing. We have trades. We have all kinds of stuff going on. Baseball is back. Amen to that. I mean, they finally got their heads out of their uh, behind and were able to, you know, get get it done. And I think, you know, hats off to them. Um, how they handled this situation was awful. You know, from a PR point of view, I think, especially Major League Baseball, um, did that. But they got it done. Um you know, some things are, are nice. Some things were expected. Um, I think, you know, the biggest kind of headliner is universal DH is happening. And I think that affected a lot of these moves that, you know, we're about to get into in this off season. Yeah. Uh, so the, like you said, the universal DH is the thing. Um, all no kinds more of... stupid uh, extra innings rule. I, I want actually, I think, I thought they, they got rid did, of that. They did bring that back. Um, according to Joel Sherman, yesterday, Major League Baseball and the Players Association finalized some rules. Uh, so three things that they finalized yesterday. They will have 28-man rosters until May 1st. They will have the extra runner or the, the runner starting on second base in oh. extra innings, but only also, for 2022. So I'm not sure why they're bringing okay. that back for this yeah, year. That might have been it. And there's also going to be the Otani rule where a pitcher can remain the DH after he's been pulled from the mound. So obviously Shohei Otani and his fantastic season last year inspiring that rule, which I think is a good move. I, I like that that rule. So a couple of new rule changes. Uh, and yeah, the, the universal DH, I think, is obviously the biggest thing because that's been something that people have fought over for decades now. You know, that's why Nelson did. Cruz signed with the National League team. Yeah, yeah. Either you want to bring the DH to the National League, or you're a baseball purist and you don't think the DH should exist at all. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, it, it definitely is changing the way teams are approaching free agency and trades right now because National League teams who you know they focus on putting nine men out there now they got to have another guy in the lineup to take that pitcher spot. So not every National League team is you know fully prepared to have a designated hitter in the lineup. So that's definitely going to be interesting to watch that this year, see which teams have someone ready to fill that role and see which teams are kind of you know lagging behind and you know haven't put together the complete lineup yet with that new rule. Yeah, absolutely. And 
we'll we'll get into uh, one team and and we'll uh, we'll check Matt. Actually, you know what? Let let's start with that. I know I I, I know you want to. Wait, you got a couple more rule changes. We'll go over and then then I will. I will no, those are all the, those doing. are all the rule changes. That okay, I have to okay. Um, so probably the two biggest moves. Uh, the Braves traded for Matt Olson, and that sent Matt into a panic because. That's their first baseman now, and they signed him to an eight-year, I think it was like a $163 million contract, and that gave the alert that Freddie Freeman was not coming to the Atlanta Braves again. And then the Yankees signed Anthony Rizzo to, a, I think, a two-year, three-year deal. That gives the sign that he won't come to the Yankees. And it looked like between the Padres, uh, Red Sox, um, a couple other teams, but it, it, it looked like there's a clear front runner all along. And Freddie Freeman signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think it was a six year deal, right? Six years, 160 something. Yeah, it was a six year contract. I think it was around 160. Yeah. Which is interesting given the fact that the Braves, I, I just wonder what the Braves were offering in that. But first, um, Matt, how long did you cry? Um, because you kind of had, it was a slow death. Like, because of the Matt Olson trade, yeah, you knew Freddie Freeman wasn't going to sign with the Braves, but you didn't know where. Let and me just, saw, and they, he signed with the biggest competitor in the National League. Let me just run through the whole saga for you as a Braves fan. So, when the lockout ended, we need was, some like song was, music to this. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that in in post production. When the lockout ended, I was extremely happy that we were going to have an MLB season, but then it hit me that now free agency is resuming. And now that brings the chance that Freddie Freeman really might not re-sign with the Braves. So I was really nervous about that. You know, I still thought he would, but I knew there was a chance that he would end up somewhere else. So I was nervous. Then I got the notification. I I was driving to work and I pulled in the parking lot and I'm getting out of my car. I checked my phone and I got the notification that the Braves traded for Matt Olson. And I was like, well, dang it, that, that is, you know, he's taking the first base spot. That likely means Freddie Freeman is not coming back. And I like Matt Olson. He's a, he's a great player. He's a great first baseman, a great batter, you know, very comparable his, to Freddie his Freeman. His numbers were comparable. Yeah, I was going to say his numbers are very similar to Freeman's. And he's four years younger. So, you know, great pickup by the Braves trading for Matt Olson. But I love Freddie Freeman and the way that he has been you know, he, he came in to Atlanta as a rookie and a young, talented player, a prospect, started making an impact on the team right away. Chipper Jones retired. Freddie Freeman became like the emotional leader of the team. He's been an, at an MVP caliber his entire season. And he's, you know, he's been the face of the franchise for over a decade now. He won us a World Series. So I, I love him for all that. And he's still got some good years ahead of him. So, you know, I, I, was, I was hoping that the Braves were going to bring him back. And so they trade for Matt Olson, and I'm bummed out because that likely means that they're not re-signing Freddie Freeman. There was a small part of me that was hoping they would still re-sign Freddie and have one of them at DH and one of them at first base. There was a small part of me that was hoping that would happen. I didn't think it was likely, but I, I really wanted it to happen. So then a couple of days later, he signs with the Dodgers, which, after, you know, after the Braves traded for Olsen, I expected him to go to Los Angeles. So he signs with the Dodgers. I expected it. It didn't hurt as much, but it was still. You were able to upset. cushion the blow. Yeah, able to cushion the blow. Um, and, you know, seeing all these pictures of him in a Dodgers uniform, seeing him 
playing on the field with Dodgers teammates. It just feels wrong. It just feels weird. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird adjustment seeing him in regular season games as a member of the Dodgers, seeing Matt Olson at first base instead of Freddie Freeman. It's going to be an adjustment. But, you know, it is what it is. And kudos to the Braves because they went out there. They, they realized they weren't going to agree with Freddie on a contract. So they went out there. They got the next best option available. And then they wasted no time locking him up because they traded for Olsen. I think he still had two years left on his contract. And then immediately they signed him to an eight-year extension. So great job by the Braves front office getting that done because now we have a, a first baseman locked up for the next eight years. And he is younger than Freddie Freeman. A lot of people say, you know, you point at the contract, the money was almost the same as what Freeman wanted, but the contract for Olsen is two years longer and he's four years younger than Freeman. So great job by the Braves getting that done, locking up the first baseman of the future. But yeah, it was, it was a sad experience. So um, that's where we're at now. And yeah, uh, yeah. I got to see you, you know, we had dinner, um, for some other reasons, so let's just put it that way. But we had dinner on uh, a Sunday, I think this Sunday before he signed. Sunday before yeah, this so. trade happened. And yeah. you were wearing a brace hat, and I asked you, do you think they're going to get Freddie Freeman? And you said, I, I hope so. And it obviously didn't happen. But in, in a, a weird turn of events, and and kind of like, you know, a, a revent, you know, I, I did the Michael Scott, uh, how, how the turntables gif when this was announced. Kenley Jansen signs with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I like that move. A one-year deal for $12 million, right? One-year, 12? Yeah. And it's a really good move for Atlanta. I think this shares up maybe one of the best bullpens in baseball, especially the back half of their bullpen, is going to be really good. And, you know, if you cannot get the firepower to to match the Dodgers, which we need to talk, talk about their lineup in a second, you need the arms and I think Atlanta realizes that. And that's kind of why, you know, you see the Mets load up in pitching with Scherzer and then Atlanta kind of do it with Jansen in the back half of their bullpen. Yeah. I like, I like the move bringing Jansen in. They also signed Colin McHugh. Uh, They've made some other good signings. They brought back Eddie Rosario, who was the NLCS MVP last year for the Braves. So they have made some pretty good moves. You know, obviously the Olsen deal is the biggest one that really stands out. But they've made some good moves all around, some lower level moves that will really help out with depth and, you know, helping out the bullpen and the rotation. So I, I think they've had a pretty good offseason. I think that they are set up to have a, a good season this year. Uh, going back to Freddie Freeman, you know, he had his introductory press conference with the Dodgers last week and he was talking about his experience in free agency and negotiating with the Braves. And he said some things that, you know, it was kind of sad when he was talking about it because he said that he was blindsided when the Braves traded for Matt Olson. And there was an article on ESPN from Buster Olney where Chipper Jones was giving Freddie Freeman advice on how to handle free agency. And Chipper Jones said, don't try to play the Braves because they will force your hand. They'll call your bluff. And I guess Freddie Freeman learned that because he, the way that these negotiations shook out, it sounded like, you know, he told them what he wanted and he told them he wasn't going to budge. So they said, all right, neither are we. They went out and traded for Matt Olson. And, you know, he, I guess he thought there was still room to negotiate, even though, you know, he said this is what he wanted. I guess he still thought there was room. Either they would meet him or he would be willing to, to 
meet with them. So I, I guess, I don't know. It's like there was a, a miscommunication there. And uh, the Braves, like Tripper Jones warned him, they called his bluff and they went out and they got the next best option. So it was sad hearing him talk about it because he said he was, you know, blindsided and heartbroken when they traded for Olsen. But, you know, it is a business and that's the way it works. So he got the contract that he wanted. He's back home in Southern California. He's obviously going to have a shot at many more championships. So, you know, I'm happy for him. He's on and the best team. I think the Braves are set up for success as well. So it'll be interesting, you know, if they're the, the two best teams, they end up meeting in the NLCS again. That'll be an interesting matchup. It will be. But yeah, we've had but, a lot of a uh, lot of moves. Yeah. It, since um, the lockout ended. We did. Carlos Correa signs a three-year deal with uh, opt-out of the first two years after each of the first two years, which is kind of a no one's giving me a $10 million contract. Um the twins are like, we can take advantage of that. We'll pay you really short term and and try to get, you know, a win now kind of mode. So I, I really like that move for Minnesota, you know, for Carlos Correa, who's a premier shortstop. And, you know, the Yankees traded Gary Sanchez and they traded Gio Urshela and they traded uh, Luke Voigt. Obviously, Luke Voigt because of Anthony Rizzo. They needed, you know, to be better defensive at first and, if, and have a left-handed bat. So, and the Padres get, you know, the former home run Kings. So the Yankees made a couple moves. I think Sanchez's time was numbered just because of his struggles and his inconsistency, especially behind the plate. And then, you know, Gio Urshela was a really good third baseman for, for the Yankees. But I think, you know, with a couple other moves, they're going to look for to upgrade that position. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw Gio Urshela get traded because I feel like he's been a, a big part of the Yankees for the past couple of years and Luke Voigt as well. But, you know, like you said, they got to have a, a lefty bat and better defensively at first base. And Anthony Rizzo provides that. So it makes sense. With the it makes sense. But I was a little surprised. And with the banning of the shift coming, Joey Gallo might start just taking over baseball. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, who knows how Joey Gallo is going to do once the, the shift ban goes into effect. As for let's let's go back to the Dodgers. I just want to go through this projected lineup: Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock. Is there is there nine projected? That doesn't include Gavin Lux, who's really good. Yeah, it's this a, is safe enough to be the greatest lineup. They have three of the top six MVP MVP candidates, like in terms of betting odds yeah for the national league this is scary how good this lineup can be yeah like, it is it's i mean they, I, I mentioned this really good line i mentioned this i mentioned this on the fast lane um the dodgers or the yankees like the new yankees like just buying their way like the, the Yankees have sort of done that over the last 10 years, but not really. They, you know, most of their, you know, Aaron Judge is, is a farm grown player. Same thing for, you know, Glaber Torres and, and, and so on and so forth. But the fact that the Dodgers have this lineup, like, have we seen a lineup this good, like, ever? Like, I can't even think of it in, in recent memory. We probably have, but. Probably, you know, those 99 Yankees teams, you know, who who are the the three MVP candidates 
I mean, Betts, I'm guessing Turner, Betts, Betts uh, Turner, and Freeman. Okay, Turner. Yeah, I wasn't sure who the third one. I was going to say Betts and Freeman. I wasn't sure who the third one was going to be, but Trey Turner. I guess that makes sense. Uh, the other Turner. Your first name misspelled. The other Turner on the Dodgers in the Dodgers lineup. Um, this is just a, a funny tweet that I saw earlier. I thought I would share from Jeff M. Donahue says Freddie Freeman looks like he was hired to play Justin Turner in a low budget movie about the Dodgers. I just thought that was funny. You know, Freddie Freeman's got a little bit of a, the red hair going on like Justin Turner does. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a really solid lineup for the Dodgers. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're scary on, on paper. And I think that they're going to be really good, probably the best team in the National League. But, you know, I mean, we had last year the Giants were a surprise team and ended up being the top seed in the National League. So you never know what's going to happen, but obviously it's easy to go with the Dodgers. As yeah, but they the lost to the team. Dodgers in the postseason. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so. yeah, a um, lot of other free agent moves since the lockout ended. Uh, I've got a list put up from CBS Sports of their top 10 free agents and where they've all signed. I don't agree with uh, the way they necessarily ranked their top 10 free agents but something that's interesting to me when i look at this list is one team has signed two of the top five available free agents this year and that's the texas rangers they signed marcus Simeon and Corey seager interesting that i guess they can move Simeon to second base but interesting that they would sign two shortstops that is true but I mean, those are, and they signed Simeon to a seven year deal and Corey Seeger to a 10 year deal. Those are both very good moves, very good players. MVP. Candidate. When do they get traded? Probably in about two years. And, and go back to the Korea deal with the way it's structured. They could trade, if the Twins don't do well this season, they could trade Carlos Gray at the deadline. Yeah. Because he could. has a very tradable contract. True. True. So this is a really good move for the Twins. Shout other, out Evan Hughes, by the way, who's a Twins fan. Other notable moves in the past couple of weeks. Chris Bryant signs with the Colorado Rockies. He was ranked as the number three free agent this offseason. Kind of an interesting move there. You, you pay a bunch of money to, for a third baseman, then trade him away, and then sign a third baseman. I guess Chris Bryant can't play third. Uh, for for a bunch of money. So what? Yeah, who knows? Uh, the former Rockies shortstop Trevor Story signs a six-year deal with the Boston Red Sox. So the Red Sox have, I think he's going to get moved to second base is what I heard. So the Red Sox yeah, have Bogarts a solid infielder there. Short. Yeah, Bogarts plays short. Story moves to second. Nick Castellanos, the former Reds outfielder, signs a five-year deal with the Phillies. So the Phillies bolster their outfield, have Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos out there now. I like it. Kershaw returning to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. Uh, As you said earlier, Kenley Jansen signs a one-year deal with the Braves. And I think oh, Kyle Schwarber, a four-year deal with the Phillies. So So they'll have a a really power-hitting outfield. Well, the Phillies, I like the Phillies, you know, Adding a couple bats around Bryce Harper and Castellanos and then obviously Schwarber. So I think this could be a good move for Philadelphia, who's competing in a very competitive East. I mean, you know, the Mets have the arms to do it. You know, 
I think the Nationals will bounce back somewhat this season. And, you know, you obviously have the defending champs in Atlanta. And then, obviously, I think the Phillies are are ready to compete. Will they? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, you would think so, but they're kind of, they've been kind of like the Mets in the past couple of seasons. They have a good offseason. They bring in, you know, a good manager. They bring in some good players and they just can't put it together on the field. They just have issues where, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it was last year or the year before they led the league in blown saves. I mean, I think it was like every night that, that was getting had, dangerous. I think it was every night that they had a lead. They would end up blowing it in the eighth or ninth inning because their bullpen just could not keep a lead. So yeah, I mean, they, they they've struggled in recent years and they, it looked like they were going to win the NL East last year and they ended up blowing it. So yeah, they, they've had some issues, and I don't know. They can look good on paper, but I don't know if they can put it together once they hit the field. I agree. I agree. I agree. We'll, we'll get into previews soon because baseball's coming back before you know it. Obviously, you know, the way they're structured, and we're getting all one. We forgot to mention this. We're getting all 162 games. You yeah. know, they're, they're just throwing some double headers in there at the end. Spring training is going on right now. College baseball is looking really good. Um, same thing with college softball. So this is this is good. This is you know we weren't gonna have to have random content for the next couple months, which is which is good. So uh, yeah, speaking of baseball, we, shout out to Virginia Tech. They, you know, they got off to such a great start this season, and then they got swept in their first ACC series against Georgia Tech. But they bounced back last week with a series win against Pitt at home, and I think they won one of the games like twenty two to twenty two to nine. Maybe maybe it was Virginia Tech softball has. Has had back-to-back no-hitters, so that's pretty there good. You go. Yeah, good things going on on the diamond in Blacksburg. Absolutely, and so, um, you know, minor league baseball is coming up, and uh, speaking of that, one one note, um, Bernie Sanders, the, uh, you know, senator from Vermont, former presidential candidate, is was on Real Sports, which is, uh, you know, HBO's Real Sports, and he's introducing the Save American Baseball Act, which would target Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption. This year marks the 100th anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision to provide antitrust protections to Major League Baseball. If Sandra has his way, MLB won't be able to enjoy that for much longer. MLB's antitrust exemption has been challenged in court on multiple occasions, including as recently as three months ago when four former minor league affiliates filed a lawsuit in the Manhattan Federal District Court against minor league reorganization that specifically called out the antitrust exemption. Basically, you know, with a lot of reshuffling in minor league baseball, this could kind of help that. Basically, you know, the idea of, you know, which we've talked about is is creating, um, you know, more leagues across the country, uh, a couple other things. So it's something to look out for. Uh, I'm not completely familiar with the bill because there's always like 10,000 pages, but I just saw that pop up yesterday, read a little bit about it. So wanted to throw that in here. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Definitely something to watch. Um, but I feel like it's something that's not going to gain a lot of traction just because of the way that politics work. And uh, I feel like it probably won't end up really doing anything, but it's interesting to see that there are politicians out there taking an interest in, you know, creating a more fair landscape in the world of baseball. I, I completely agree with that as for the rest of this show. That's it. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Matkins in the news at Trey Lyle 
FBT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us at Foulball Area, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg page. That is uh, my radio station. So, But we're going to be on there as well. So multiple ways to reach us. As always, leave us a five-star review wherever you get the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. We're going to get one out in less time than we did last time. We promise. We're going to do our best. Uh, Matt is now working nights, and I'm working during the day. So it, it definitely, our, our crossover time has gone basically non-existent and we have to figure that out again. So uh, bear with us, folks. We're, we're doing our best here, but we got an episode for you by getting up a little earlier, which excites both of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you.